The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. All right, good Sunday to all of you Dunked On listeners. Kind of weird even just talking about days anymore at this point. I guess we've still got the the rhythm of the podcast to, to keep us through. But it's Friday. like it's like the only thing that's giving me rhythm, Nate. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Uh, no, I mean, it, it felt good, actually. So I record with Hollinger today. Uh, we did a, for those of you who enjoyed the decade tournament idea that I did with Ben Taylor, John and I did a worst teams of the decade tournament. And that was, uh, we had a really good time with that. We spent a bunch of time researching it. And then uh, then we did a bunch of research for today, too. I was actually busy all day today, which was nice. Uh, a welcome distraction good news is uh, you guys are still tuning in uh listens are down a little bit i think because people aren't commuting and you know obviously because there are no games but we thank you guys for continuing to listen and as long as you guys are listening we'll have content for you for sure i mean i'm not hopefully uh people will still be advertising and selling products uh but for the time being that seems to be working out okay so uh, we will be here with you guys for as long as this goes on uh, and people are still listening. So thanks again for your support. It, it's good to be part of this community. I appreciate all the nice messages that I've gotten. I'm sorry if I haven't had a chance to respond to everyone, but uh, talking about how I the article that I wrote was useful th- for them or just letting me know what your experiences are. It's just, it, it's good to hear from everyone and, and still have a little bit of a sense of community here uh, as we go through this. So what we're going to do today we want to introduce this concept here danny yeah i mean it, w- it was funny i pitched it to you before i realized the scope of the project but it ended, <laughs> up, it ended up being um so basically the idea that we you and i have talked about various ways of doing kind of like a asset ranking type of idea and and what this is going to be is uh it's it's a section of it but i think in many ways is the most interesting and important section to do in something like this which is just going through and or- ordering and talking about the first round picks that are owed outstanding so um it's you know so so what 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 teams oh like what what are the most valuable picks that one team owes another and because those are all tradable and everything else and it brings about a bunch of really challenging arguments that don't necessarily have right answers but i think you and i both have strong feelings about which sometimes and we'll talk about where those are just differ from where the average general manager is you may have oversold me a little bit. I'm not sure that I have strong feelings about some of these. I mean, and, and yeah, like you, I I knew there was a lot out there, but it I'll, was really. I'll, I'll tell yeah. people there are 33. We're there are two that we're gonna skip. Um, because it's the the Warriors pick from this year and the Cavs pick. Because as things stand right now, the odds of those actually conveying are so low as first round picks that it's just they don't really count. Yeah, uh, and 
So I'm not sure I have that strong of opinions because I just, at, at some point, I kind of threw up my hands with all these, the Lakers and the Clippers and Houston picks that are due <laughs> four years from now. I'm like, man, you, you know, what do I make of that? I mean, I, I think we'll get into some of the methodologies that we use. But yeah, I mean, I remember when we did this, I can't remember, it was two, three years ago or so. But I felt it was much easier to order stuff in because you had teams that were already bad who owed picks in the next couple of years. And so those appeared to be pretty valuable. Now, as it turned out, you know, Sacramento 2019 and Lakers 2018 and now Memphis 2021 or 2020, I guess it's going to turn out to be uh, those picks weren't as useful as people thought they'd be. Those Brooklyn picks turned out to probably be higher than people thought they would be. So a reminder that all of this can very much change. But uh, a few other factors I wanted to put in here. 2020, supposed to be a bad draft. I'm not sure how the hiatus is going to enter into that. I, I'm not really thinking that that would reduce the value of 2020 picks, particularly well, to me. I, I wouldn't yeah, say that at this point. There is a there is a specific thing that might factor in, which is also if the cap gets lower, then that means the rookie scale will get lower. So those picks could be, but I don't think you, you know, it's you're trying to get the best player. That's more about than the financial value of the pick but yeah it's the, the the widely held expert opinions is that the 2020 draft isn't good and that the 2021 draft could be very good so yeah i was that, really looking forward to going to the hoop, hoop summit this year and seeing the likes of, of kate cunningham uh, for the first time but uh, unfortunately that's uh that may not be happening but yeah 2021 is supposed to be better um 2022 was supposed to be the double draft i would say that recent you know it seemed like they weren't trending in the direction of reaching an agreement on that anyway maybe you know to have high schoolers enter the draft now with all this uncertainty i mean maybe that still happens because they're just going to be negotiating everything else anyway to get the league back started again so might as well just throw that in there as something else uh but my guess would be maybe that's now going to be pushed back a year especially with all the chaos in college basketball as well that maybe 2023 could be the double draft rather than 2022 yeah and we know the league wants to give a little bit of notice to teams but considering how many picks are traded so far out i think they can't care as much as they were going to originally it's like oh we want to do a draft where there are no obligations i think they know it's going to have to happen at some point some teams are going to get inconvenienced some teams are going to benefit well and then just to kind of spread things out among the years and we'll get into a lot of these obviously in terms of specifics but for just the 2020 draft we've got nine first round picks that have an alternate destination as of this point and presumably before the draft there could be more trades in that regard as well but this far out that is a lot of picks that have changed hands and many of them really within the last year year and a half yeah thank you paul george Kawhi leonard and yeah well that's just 2020 too i mean that wasn't uh yeah yeah i mean there are a lot of teams were definitely willing to part with first round picks within the the last couple of years um 2021 we've got probably between you know because there are some protections here most likely is maybe i'd say five picks that are already traded then another two that could go that year but are probably more likely to roll over um and one of those uh, swaps we're kind of just including swaps uh, in this as well yeah but we'll know for a swap like it, it so the, theoretically what the let's use the knicks clippers one for 2021 that was another part of the marcus morris trade the knicks basically the the way the knicks get the clippers pick if it is both better than the next pick but not top four and so like yeah as a technical matter that yeah. asset i, is I actually, ranked that one last 
Yeah, but technically, <laughs> as an asset, that's like, well, what the Knicks can trade is the better of their own pick and the Clipper, you know, like the better of their own pick and the Clippers pick. It's like, well, but the Knicks pick hasn't been traded. So, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, we're being fair and judicious with those. Um, yeah. some, something else that I think is, is really interesting thinking about this with time is protection and upside. So, what if you have a team that's good right now, like the Clippers? So yeah, you know, we'll do this. I'll do this as a, with an actual concrete example. So let's go all all the way out to twenty twenty six, and there are only two obligations that year, both of which are held by the Thunder. They have the Clippers unprotected first, and they have the Rockets first if it's not in the top four. So if it's five through thirty, so then you get into those questions. Well, okay, I would expect with their owner and everything else that the Clippers will be a better team, you know, on, you know, because you're washing away all the talent that far out. And, but the, but the Rockets pick has that little bit of protection. If it doesn't convey, then it becomes a second round pick. So you have to square all those things in your head about like, well, what's the chance that it's a top five pick and everything else? That's why I found it such an interesting exercise. And then also it gives an opportunity, which we'll go through at one point, of how the league is going to look in a few years. You know, we did the crystal ball, but this is actually in some ways looking even far further beyond that. And so, like, I hadn't really thought about the 23-24 Golden State Warriors, and that ends up being really important to this. Yeah, I think when you get that far out, my philosophy is going to kind of be, I'm going to just bet on the organization a little bit more. I mean, the Warriors are in a little bit different of of a standpoint here because they've got a lot of old guys who are on big contracts. And so for them to be able to pivot before then, you would imagine they'd be on the downside, whereas this could just be a completely different iteration of, say, the Clippers in 2026. But yeah, I mean, you want to ask me, would I rather have the Clippers 2022, 2024, or 2026 unprotected pick how the hell should i know i I mean i guess i guess 2022 you'd think that they would still have paul george and kawaii so it probably wouldn't be that one and 2026 is so far away yeah i mean but maybe they would be yeah and that's another part of this like i I alluded in the beginning to the idea that we value this a little differently than general managers is that immediacy matters more to them than to us because you want to get the benefits while you're still in the job because it's say hey look at the thing i got you unless it's like such a blue chip asset you and i are hey if it's like five picks better and it's a couple years later but that's five picks better yeah and but you're also you know the further out you go the less certainty you have uh, as well so absolutely yeah Uh, and this is going to be an interesting discussion um you know, especially because in this case, the highest upside picks are all further out. So, all right, we'll, we'll get into this here and see where some of these picks are, are going to rank for us in just a second. Man, it is crazy to think that I've been working with Helix Sleep since 2015. And I think that's because my story with them seems to really resonate with listeners. If you've never heard it before, that was kind of the beginning of the direct-to-consumer boom. And there was another very prominent mattress company at that time that was trying to convince you that mattresses were one-size-fits-all. They found the one formula, the one mattress that was going to work for everyone. My then-girlfriend, now-wife, and I ordered that mattress. We ended up having to return it because, hey, guess what? Not everyone is the same. And then she did some more research and found Helix Sleep. We took their sleep quiz and we found a mattress that actually worked for us and our body types. And uh, Helix offers 20 unique mattresses. Everybody sleeps differently. And Helix mattresses are designed for specific sleep positions and field preferences. Hot or cold, side sleeper, back sleeper. So take that Helix sleep quiz. Find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And it's shipped straight to your door, free of charge. It's no risk because 
you really need to sleep on the mattress in your own home. You're like, well, how should I order this if I can't sleep? I'm like, yeah, you're not going to learn anything by going to the mattress store and sleeping on the mattress where do I take my shoes off? Do I leave my shoes on? But then my feet kind of hang off the bed because I don't want to put my shoes on the bed. And is it weird that I'm laying here for more than 30 seconds? You can't tell anything under those circumstances. You might as well just order it, get it sent to your house, get that 100 night trial. They're 10 to 15 year warranty, depending on the model. And there's never been a better time to try a Helix Sleep mattress because they are offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash capspace. Easy to slash capspace. We talk about all the time here on the program. That's helixsleep.com slash capspace. This is their best offer yet. I can attest to that since I've been working with them for nine years. And it won't last long with Helix. Better sleep starts now. Don't forget that slash capspace URL to let them know that you came from us. Man, I just love American Giant. Just an amazing clothing company. I was reminded again of how much I love it when I drove from California to Montana over the All-Star break. And you know what it's like when you're on a long road trip and it's cold, particularly when it starts off warm in the Bay and then we get into some really cold areas. You're like, well, I don't want to wear like my jacket in the car, but then I get out to fill gas. I'm going to be freezing. But the American Giant hoodie was perfect because despite being made out of a nice heavy material that'll keep you warm it's not too hot as well so i was able to wear it in the car not be too hot step out of the car and still be warm enough when i was filling up gas or going into a restaurant or something that i didn't feel like i needed my jacket even when it was cold outside these things are amazingly durable i proposed to my wife wearing an american giant hoodie in the grand canyon almost seven years ago i still own that same hoodie i still wear it constantly and american giant has since spread out into all sorts uh, of other types of clothing like their premium slub crew tee the no bs high-rise pant the slim roughneck pant featured in giant magazine issue two every american giant piece is made in america and designed to last no exceptions and it provides year-round comfort so find a closet staple for every part of your spring days at american-giant.com and get 20 percent off your first order when you use that finger code capspace at checkout you remember we talk about capspace all the time here on the program that's 20 percent off your first order at american-giant.com don't forget that cap space code to let them know you came from us okay so as i went through this i thought that there was one pick out there that i ranked above every other pick i did the same what what was it for you well so there's only one pick where it is a team that I don't expect. So one of the key differentiators is whether it's going to be a lottery pick or not. And incidentally, yeah. there though you talked about the nine 2020 obligations, none of those right now are going to be lottery picks. It's possible, you know, if certain things broke certain ways, like Memphis could miss the playoffs, probably not Brooklyn. And yeah, yeah that's the only chance. That's the only chance. And remember that pick is protected. If it jumped into the lottery, if it jumped into the top four, then Memphis would keep it and put, convey it 2020 or 21. And um, so that was something I really valued is like what are the chances that this is going to be a lottery pick and yeah as you said because also low lottery has more value than it used to now it does and um and also yeah so for me that pick like you go through all those obligations a lot of them are good teams a lot of them are teams in the next couple of years that we're pretty confident you know like dallas 2021 the knicks own that pick unprotected but the 2020 slash 21 mavericks are going to be good they're going to have unless somebody gets hurt which is of course always a possibility but for me, the one that's soon enough that I think we know and that I don't think the team is going to be great is that Minnesota pick. So this is the pick that Minnesota traded to the Warriors in the D'Angelo Russell trade. The Warriors get it if it is 
4 through 30. And then if if the pick is in the top 3, then Minnesota sends their unprotected pick in 2022. And a part of the other reason why this was top for me, beyond the fact that I don't think Minnesota's going to be great next year, they could be fine, they could be, you know, interesting, is that is the idea that it's if it if it doesn't convey in 21, then it's unprotected in 22. And remember that Minnesota is in the unusual circumstance where it's going to be hard for them to pivot. You know, so if Minnesota's really bad next year, unless it's like a specific injury, you don't think they're going to be like all the way into the playoffs the next year. So the the Warriors are probably getting a lottery pick in 22 then if it's not in 21. Yeah, and the other reason I like that too is that it's actually, it's only top three protected, not top four protected. Sure. So you could pop up into the lottery with that number four slot and get that and then also as we mentioned that at least as far as we know is looking like the best draft i mean you really can probably only go two years out on that Mm -hmm. 20 20 and 21 but still the fact that that's looking like a better pick than any of the 20 picks as you mentioned with because none of those are looking like they're going to be in the lottery or likely to be late lottery so yeah I, i like that i mean we've seen D'Angelo Russell, Carl Towns. I mean, that you know, that's. I think the consensus is even if everyone stays healthy, you know, they're kind of the eleventh or twelfth best team in basketball. They could make the playoffs next year for sure. But I think you meant in the West, uh, not in basketball. Uh oh, best team. Yeah, no, sorry, worst team. I should say. Yeah, the, yeah. they're the picking eleventh or twelfth. That that's what I meant to say. Um. So yeah, uh, thank you for that correction. And I think maybe that makes this trade look a little bit better for the Warriors that they got the best pick that is out there right now for for anybody. Well, and what's shocking, the other thing that's shocking is how far to me the Memphis pick moved down just because of the, like, if, if we had done this same exercise in January or in December, I mean, yeah. that, that Memphis pick was looking great, but now it's, it's I mean, it's probably going to convey, like right now it'd be the 17th pick. And even if the regular season comes back and Memphis loses a couple games, it's really like maybe it becomes 14th. And that's that's good. But remember, this draft isn't that highly thought of. And I'm going to mention another one that I think is the single most fascinating and potentially important obligations out there. This is a rare form of of pick obligation. And this is my number. This is my number three. But you could argue that it should be number two, which is the... um, it's it's one of the picks that was involved in the uh, Anthony Davis trade. And so here's here's the structure for, for the Pelicans, whether David Griffin's the GM or somebody else. Presumably after the 2024 lottery, the Pelicans can say, we want either this pick unprotected or we want the next year unprotected. And so what that means is they get so much more information because they don't they, they'll know when this when this happens they'll know how the Lakers looked in the 23-24 season they'll know what their books are like for the next one they'll have a lot more information you know LeBron and AD will both be on their next contracts whether those are with the Lakers or somebody else AD might even be on his another contract from that point and so that is a, a lever of power it's not an automatic trigger or anything like that that is it, it, it's valuable because it gives the choice you know I talked about how like a player option or a team option you assume that entity is always going to make the right decision but that's and the Lakers I mean there's a lot of uncertainty there once you get that far out it's unclear to me I don't recall seeing when exactly you have to decide I believe it's I I believe it's between the lottery and the draft I don't know the exact date but that's that's my general understanding yeah so so I mean that could be interesting right it just gives you so many options that you could all right if we find a great trade that we want to put this pick in now we'll do that okay no trade fine we'll we'll wait until next year now you know if the lakers are bad and it's like the number six pick or something then do you defer until the next year hoping it'll be even better do you know who the 
number one pick is going to be the next year or do you really like the top three i mean there's going to be so much gamesmanship and it'll be really a fascinating decision well and then, i can't yeah and then the other part of this i mean yeah you're probably going to choose it based on the the players you expect to get all that but remember that also how this squares up with the pelicans former development i mean that far out zion's not even going to be on his rookie scale contract anymore so this will be adding if the lakers if it ends up being a potentially good pick either year this is something i got obsessed with with the sixers before they did the market Fultz trade was the idea that they could add good pieces that were cost controlled after they were already a really good team. And if the Pelicans get there, there's no guarantee that they will. Like, I think this is a more specifically valuable piece for them than maybe for some other teams, depending on how expensive guys like Lonzo Ball and Josh Hart get. We kind of know how expensive Brendan Ingram's going to get. Yeah, so I thought that's really an interesting one. I mean, I think the other Lakers pick that's owed is top seven protected in 2021. So almost certainly going to roll over to 2022. And you imagine that... Yeah, we should mention that's yeah. rever- it's reverse protected. It's only it only conveys if it's if it's one through seven. Otherwise, they get the Pelicans get the twenty through. The, uh, the- yeah, boy, I'm really I'm really slipping here. I'm needing a lot of cor- corrections. No, that's Thank okay. You. I mean, you, come on, you you do a podcast with the pick protection maven. This is this is what like this is this is where <laughs> this is where I live. Yeah, um, I mean, I could I could just like read the information that's on the sheet in front of me. Actually, that's all right, though. But that's, but no, but it's I mean, but, and that gets into some of the protection stuff. And and I thought that maybe this is David Griffin being an experienced GM or, you know, and Palenka, and obviously both both gyms have staffs and all that. But I think that the, there were these... Yeah, Rob, modif- Rob would have to actually talk to his, though. There are these modifications that the Pelicans did that I think made this weight, like, e- even when, when you think about just, like, the sheer number of picks that they got and the players and all that, the structures of these, like, okay, 2021, they only get the pick if it's in the top seven. And I mean, so that that's pretty awesome. And then otherwise, it, it it moves back. And when I think what they're doing is a bet on LeBron, you know. So it's like, well, if the wheels fall off the wagon, then we'll get the pick. Otherwise, the next year will probably be better. Yeah. Well, there's also, I mean, maybe a chance that things had went poorly, and AD would have just left for the twenty twenty one season. And so that's where that uh, getting that pick if it came in the top seven that year. But I think more than you want to defer it if it's not at that point, because you'd presume that they'll be worse in twenty two than they'll be in twenty one due to a potential decline from LeBron and not having a ton of avenues to add more talent. Um. So do you think it'd be? I th- I think it'd be a, a little bit of a worthwhile exercise. I think we can kind of breeze through 2020 because we already know that we already have a good idea of the rough numbers of the picks. But then in some of the other years, just just lay it out and talk a little bit about where the league might be then. Does that make some sense to you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then we can kind of go through and, and remind people of some of the other picks that are out yeah, there. Yeah, some of the ones that we really like. So I'll do 2020 pretty fast because and, and these are the picks as of if the season froze for the hiatus. So the Celtics would be getting 17 from Memphis. All the rest of them. Be, actually, I'll start, I'll start with the with the best pick. Um, the Wolves would be getting sixteen from Brooklyn. The Grizzlies would be getting seventeen from Boston. The Nets would be getting nineteen or twenty from Philly. No, the, no, you mean you mean Boston would be getting it from the Grizz? But yeah, yeah, Boston for the Grizz. Thank you. Um, yeah. so so the Nets getting nineteen or twenty from Philly. The Bucks getting nineteen or twenty from the Pacers. That's from the Malcolm Brogdon trade. Uh, the Nuggets would be getting 21 or 22 from Houston. That's the uh, the Robert Covington trade. Sixers getting 21 or 22 from OKC. Remember how we thought there was no chance that pick was going to convey? That's the that was yeah. the, that's pretty amazing. Um, well, yeah, and so as of right now, it would convey, right? It would convey. Yeah, it's, it's that yeah. one is protected if it's in the top 20. Yeah. And we thought, oh man, when they traded Chris Paul and they traded Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook, no chance they're going to have one of the 10 best records. Right now, they do. Um, yeah. 
Denver Denver would be sending the 25th pick to OKC. That's the Jeremy Grant trade. Right. Um, the Clippers would be sending 27 to the Knicks for the Marcus Morris trade. And then the uh, the Bucks would be sending number 30 to the Celtics. And I think that's the one that was the Bledsoe trade and then was in the uh, Ty Jerome trade. Yes, indeed. So yeah, Celtics will have their own pick, something in 17 and 30. That'll that'll be interesting. We we talked about how it might make sense to try to deal some of those picks, but they didn't really find the, the deal at the deadline. Um, yeah, so I, as we go through here, 2021, some interesting ones. We mentioned that Minnesota one. Miami is out there unprotected. Dallas is out there unprotected. That's two. The Miami one is either Thunder or Rockets, depending on swaps. Uh, that Dallas one goes to the Knicks from the Kristaps Porzingis trade which uh, hasn't gone that well for the Knicks. Um, Houston goes to the Thunder. That's a potential swap though, right? No, I believe that's a straight up pick. Okay, but if it's it's uh, one through four protected, if it goes into one through four, OKC just gets nothing. That's a, that's pretty interesting. I, th- really I believe, that's, that a, I believe that's a Stepien rule issue. Right, right. Yeah, I, I think that's what it is. And Utah, this is an interesting one, probably not going to go, you would imagine, next year. It only goes if it's eight to 14. Otherwise, it gets pushed back to being protected seven to 30 in 2022. So that's likely 2022. I don't see Utah being a lottery team next year. And then there's that, uh, that awesome Clippers swap with the... <laughs> Knicks right to uh, swap if, with the Clippers. If the Knicks are if 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 the Knicks are better than the Clippers, then 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 the Knicks can get the Clippers pick. Uh, I mean, there is a lot of uncertainty in the world right now. Probably the most uncertain times of our lifetime. I feel pretty comfortable that the the Knicks will not be better than the Clippers <laughs> next year. Yeah, and I think what's what's really telling about that group is the teams. And remember, a lot of these obligations were created in the last little bit. Um, that a lot of those teams are, are going to be in the playoffs. You know, so it is similar. I touch you know, so every pick that convey that will convey in 2020 that will actually do it is as of right now a non-lottery pick. And then in 2021, the Minnesota one is the only one that is off a team that as things as for what we know right now obviously nothing is guaranteed injuries everything else could swing it and but they're all teams that we expect to be good like miami and dallas and houston which of those picks do you would you want to have the most other than the minnesota one i mean i think is so it's yeah it's either miami or dallas you would think right because those are unprotected yeah yeah i I mean houston though they could be in just a totally different realm next year as well yeah that's yeah, Houston. Houston's an interesting one. Um, and then remember that the the other the reason I would probably go, I would have the Lakers pick maybe a little higher than that one is because if like it, it's unprotected in twenty twenty two, but I think the Lakers are better positioned to be to be good for a, for another couple of years, depending on what LeBron wants. But yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, none of those are particularly sexy to me, other than the Minnesota one. Well, and, and that's and that's also what's different about twenty twenty one. Like that's the the year where I think, especially considering how little cap space there is around the league, where I think we have a pretty good idea of which teams are going to be good and which teams aren't. You know, we don't know everything, but I think we have a, a pretty a yeah. pretty good idea. Then once you get beyond that, then things get uncertain, and that's like when we start starts getting into like, okay, it's good to have context, but thankfully there are fewer team there are fewer obligations to work with. So I, I put together a little bit on that. So now we're going to fast forward to twenty twenty two. That is the so the twenty one twenty two season then is what precedes that. That's what will determine the draft order. There are only three obligations. The Clippers' unprotected pick is going to the Thunder. 
that is a really interesting year for the Clippers because the summer before this season is the year that both Kawhi and Paul George have their player option. So they will both hit unrestricted free agency if they want to. Remember, they timed it up that way in Kawhi's case, most likely partially to line up with Paul George, but also because that means he has the 10 years experience. That means he can get the 35% max with anybody. So that's, that's you know, the, whether that is the Clippers or it's somebody else. So there is some yeah. uncertainty that year. Yeah, I, I do. I think the fact that the Clippers had really started playing a lot better before the hiatus makes me feel better about them. Um, how old will Kawhi and PG be at that point? They'll both be in their 30s. So for the, the, the season that's relevant here, Kawhi will be 30 and Paul George will be 31 basketball reference ages. Um, so... I think they'll still be prime enough, you know, like they, I think it'll be there, but you think about how the, uh, the load management will still probably be there for Kawhi. I think that's going to be for the rest of his career. And then another thing to remember for some of these circumstances, and this will be exceedingly relevant for the next team we talk about is that the Clippers, I think they're going to load up as best they can this off season. And so they'll have a lot of those guys under contract. That does two things. One is that means it will be harder for them to change direction if one of those guys leaves. Like, they won't just have a boatload of cap space and sign somebody else. Right. Because they're going to have, like, let's say Marcus Morris on the books or somebody like, you know, they'll, they'll be re-signing their guys to be as good as they can for next year. And so then they'll throw in some obligations. But the but the other part is, well, they'll have some better players. They're not going to tank. You know, they're going to have some they're going to have some good good guys on the books, you know, Shamit and, and Beverly and all that type of stuff. So you get that. And then that where that's really relevant is the pick that, has you know a lot of intrigue in certain respects which is Milwaukee this is the pick that they traded to Cleveland in the in the the salary dump plus George Hill trade and that pick will go to the Cavs if it's 11 through 30 otherwise it has a set of protections moving it has a set of protections moving forward and so Milwaukee there okay 21 22 might be thinking well why does that year matter well that's the year, the season that is immediately following when Giannis would be a free agent if he doesn't extend. So that the the, the Bucks have all of their other players under contract. You know, Middleton and Lopez, they re-signed all those guys in 2019. But if Giannis leaves, it'll be, you know, kind of like Garfield minus Garfield. I brought that up before. Of It's like, you know, they're, they have all these pieces that work around Giannis and they're good veterans, but they might be a little bit too expensive at that point. Um, so what they do then, I think they're still going to be a very good team, but there is a little bit of value there from Cleveland's perspective. Yeah, I have a pretty unfounded hypothesis, but I've just been thinking about it. And that is just with so much uncertainty now in the world and just the feeling that we've gotten that like, wow, like anything could be taken away from you at any time. I think that we'll see maybe a little bit more conservatism from everybody in their daily life. I mean, you know how like people who lived through the depression are never throw anything away and they're really frugal and get upset with you if you waste anything, that kind of thing. Maybe this event could have a similar effect on our generation. And I don't know exactly how that would affect players, but my thought would be, okay, if you can get a five-year Supermax contract in a place where you've been pretty happy, maybe you take it, right? Like My thought is that maybe, be honest, would be more likely to stay in Milwaukee now because of this, which, I mean, again, this is maybe delving too deeply into psychoanalysis so i'm not gonna say that i know this to be the case but i that would be a thought i think that players will generally default more towards taking money earlier and staying in the same location maybe with the exception of like wanting to go and be at home and be around family maybe that that could be part of this too well so but but another piece of context here that i think is for cleveland analyzing the value of this pick is my firm belief is that if if Giannis doesn't extend, 
let's say he, for whatever reason, this offseason, whenever that is, he, he just says, I'm not ready. I don't want to do that. Whatever whatever the reason might yeah. be. The, they're going to keep him. They're going to they're go gonna, the They're going to do the Durant. You know, Durant, there was a different circumstance because of the financials. But basically what they're going to say is, we we think we can convince you to stay. And we'll we'll keep you on the books. And if you, uh, maybe banners fly forever. Maybe we'll win the championship that year. I think they'd have a good chance. And we'll see where it comes. So now, how does that affect, how does that affect Cleveland's stance on this? Well, I mean, I think that increases the upside of the pick because the idea that they could potentially lose him for nothing. And then the, the, everything else feasts and maybe they make some trades, save yeah. some money. Well, but if they lose him for nothing, then it probably doesn't convey because it's only 11 to 30. Yeah, I guess that's a possibility. I mean, I, 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 I mean, you would imagine that they would probably try to reload at that point. Probably. They've got a lot of older guys. You know, they might look at moving Chris Middleton even. We'll see it. But uh, all right, let's take a quick break. We, we can talk a little bit more about some of these further out obligations and, and get into kind of thinking of which of these types of assets we'd rather. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Anyone who's seen our YouTube videos knows that I don't wear formal stuff all the time. So when it's time to dress up rather than dress down, I highly recommend Inochino. They were the official outfitter of my wedding. I got my tux from there. All my groomsmen got their sport jackets from there as well. I felt really good about having them be the outfitter of my wedding because all my groomsmen were going to get stuff that they could continue to wear that fit them perfectly. Because when you go somewhere else, you're not going to get something that's made for you. So why not measure yourself in 10 minutes or visit a show room rather than feeling like you're wearing somebody else's suit that they tried and failed to tailor for you and not only does indochino have the suits that made them famous but now they've got everything blazers pants women's wear outerwear designed and made for you hundreds of high quality fabrics to choose from european wools linen cottons tons of colors tons of patterns you can customize things like the lapel the vents the pockets and you'll get a piece that is personalized for you in fit and style. Level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com. Use the code CAPSPACE. Use the CAPSPACE. We talk about all the time here on the program. You get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at Indochino. I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O. Indochino.com. And don't forget that CAPSPACE code to let them know that you came from us. Have so 2023 well, let, me, let me jump there's beyond. one more 2022 but it's it's i oh, think okay. it's i think it's the weakest of these for a very specific reason so okc would send their 2022 first to the hawks only if it's if they make the playoffs otherwise it becomes two seconds so this is to me one of those lower upside ones yeah like there's no chance it's a lottery pick it's more likely that it becomes seconds at that point um so i don't think it's i don't think it's as as great i believe this was the the carmelo shooter trade um, right. So, yeah, I mean, it's entirely possible that OKC is good enough to make the playoffs. It is worth noting that is the year of Chris Paul's gigantic player option. So I was assume he's going to pick that up, whether it's with the Thunder or with somebody else. And also, OKC, none of their other veterans, as of right now, this could change with Gallinari or any number of other things, are under contract. Steven Adams will have expired by this point, um, Gallo, all those type of guys. So the Thunder could look dramatically different in 21-22, but if they miss the playoffs, they keep the pick. And if they make the playoffs, then you're getting a, you know, you're getting a pick probably in the 20s. 
So getting into 2023, there are only two picks out there. Actually, no, hold on. Two picks, two swaps. There's, there's, there is one pick out there from 2023 and beyond. No, two picks out there from 2023 and beyond that are not owed to either the Thunder or the Pelicans. <laughs> so what one is Miami's 2023 first. That one is lottery protected for two years, three years actually, and then unprotected in 2026. And then the other one, which is one that I, I like pretty well in this, I would probably have this one in the top five, I would say, is Golden State in 2024, the pick they used to move Andre Iguodala. That is one through four protected. But Golden State in 2024, I think I almost have a little bit more certainty about them because it seems like, okay, they're everyone that we know on the team is going to be on the downside at that point, most likely. You know, Maybe, maybe they get one other player here. Or, or this draft pick that they get looks awesome, but this isn't supposed to be an amazing draft. And they don't have much flexibility to, to do anything. So I think that they'll probably be a lottery team by 2024. I'd say more likely than not, they're in the lottery. Well, I'll give some of the other relevant stuff. Clay will be under contract, and that'll be his age 33 season. Draymond has a $28 million player option. That'll be his age 33 season. I expect he'll pick that up. <laughs> Yeah, I think you picked that up. Yeah. Um, Wiggins will be 28, and then Curry uh, will have been a free agent previously, but if he's still on the Warriors, and I expect that he will be, he'll be 35 that year. So yeah, we're, we're getting heavy into post-prime at this stage for all of those guys. And remember that they're not going to have cap space between now and then, so it's not like they can build up the war chest really at all other than their, their own first-round pick this year. And that's going to be, you know, years before this. This So unless unless they get a star in this year's draft or use that pick to get a young star, that will be another, like, huge piece of this team. I think that's I think that's a fair interpretation. And this is one of my top five. It wasn't my number four. Yeah, and then you've just got Houston, Lakers, and Clippers making up the rest of these picks from now all the way. Well, there's there's actually one other one, which is Dallas. Um, so Dallas is... Tr- yeah, I, meant, I oh, thought yeah. I mentioned that. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, I, I, was, I was getting there, yeah, okay. sorry. Yeah, that, that's the other 2023 one, which is the... Uh, but that one, interestingly, is protected 11 to 30 for a couple of years, and then it transitions into a second rather than becoming unprotected. That is also owed to the Knicks from the Porzingis trade. So again, I would say Dallas, with the young talent they have, projects to not be a lottery team at that time. Yeah, so I think you're... I think they're, it's, it's sort of paralleling that Miami pick where it's like you're probably not getting something good because if Dallas is bad enough, they'll just keep it. Yeah. Now, that could be the double draft, though. That's probably the most likely time that we would have the double draft with high schoolers and also the players who weren't eligible the year before coming off their freshman year. It's basically the, the opposite of the 2006 draft, which was a, a relatively weak one in retrospect. But if you, if you want to think about... Um, so, well, we'll j- I'll do this just for Miami because they're the team that changes. So, in, for the 23 draft, they have that pick. They only have one major guy under contract right now for that year, and that's Jimmy Butler. They'll be his age 33 season if he picks up his player option. But they're trying to be players in 21, possibly in 2020, but I doubt it. So I think they will have those obligations. I think we'll have a really good idea, you know. Yeah. I mean, how long can Pat Riley keep going on? Isn't he 75? I think I think 2021, that offseason is going to be kind of like the last. That I think that's going to be the throw the rings on the table again, see what you can do. And- yeah. And then he gives it, I don't know who the protege is there, but whoever, I think that's, I think my instinct is that's going to be it. But who knows? It might be before that, might be after that. Well, let's just look at this now from a more holistic standpoint. We've got Lakers, Clippers, and Houston obligations from 24 through 26. How, who do you think will be 
the best of those teams or I'm sorry I guess we should say the worst of those teams <laughs> at that time I'm gonna bet you know as you talked about I think it's more on organizations than than individual players I mean basically starting with the 24 draft none of those three teams have anybody currently under contract probably not even Davis if he extend like if he does something this summer like you just you just don't have yeah because he he might go he might do the same two plus thing one as one Kawhi plus one. do the uh yeah try to get the re-up again for the 10 plus yeah i wrote a, uh, i wrote, actually wrote a full maximum. piece breaking down his contract options at the athletic about a month and a half ago i went through the argument for and against each way i, I and it was, it was fun to do, to do that because like I've, I've i've used his current teammate lebron james is like i call it my cba muse before but ad actually worked really well to go through that but yeah so that so they're not gonna be under contract so then to me the first thought is well the rockets to me are the, are the weakest of them for a couple reasons one is i, I think daryl morey is, is well, the, the first one is tillman tillman and the second one, one is, is for yeah exactly yeah. and <laughs> the Ro- also the rockets like they have guys under contract for a lot for a long time going right before this russell westbrook and james harden have player options in 22 23 i i expect russell westbrook will pick his up harden we'll have to see i mean if he's still playing an mvp level maybe he get takes a lower annual value and then but just signs a ridiculously hilariously long contract but we're talking we're talking mid-30s harden and russ for all of these years so they have players that they might have under contract who will be post prime but they also have yeah and, and i, 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 I I don't think Maury is, I seems very unlikely to still be there with the, with both the overall friction he's had with Fertitta, the fact that it is Fertitta and just working with him doesn't really seem like the greatest thing in the world. And then obviously the, the fact that Fertitta can't be happy with him after this uh, flap with China and that's cost the Rockets a lot of money. I'm sure Fertitta will be hoping to recoup that Chinese money at the earliest practicable point when it doesn't look like he's firing daryl for that reason right and and also they have enough they have enough stuff right now that they're not gonna be they're not gonna be adding assets we've talked about how little young talent the rockets have right now and they've had you know because they've traded first round picks to get under the tax and to, to improve in the short term you know all those sorts of things and so it's going to be hard for them even if even if maury for however long he's the gm keeps finding some quality players out of the rough they're going to be having to find them out of the rough every time they're going to be sifting and that's that's really hard it's really hard to transform and then you have the the lakers who are just a money factory and the clippers who have an insanely wealthy owner i i think those those give them the advantage maury because i think he's the best negotiator of these three did get the most favorable terms like so for example like the rockets picks in 2024 their pick convey their they if their pick doesn't convey if it's one through four then they only give up two seconds and then in 26 same thing one through four otherwise they give up one second that's that's a lot better than an unprotected pick but you know how much are you really freaking out about that upside you know getting into that i would say it's more about the organization than the protection knowing what we know right now maybe if you and i are having this podcast in 2022 maybe we know a lot more and are feeling a little bit differently about it but for right now i would i would rank it Rockets are more desirable to have their picks. And then I think I would go Lakers than Clippers just because LeBron's age and the fact that like he I think he has more equity within the organization yeah. than any of the Clippers guys do. And the Clippers are just a better a better organization, I think, too. I agreed. Now perhaps the Lakers will just uh, and the Lakers but the Lakers have might, AD. I mean that that is the yeah. one the, the easy counter to that is like they have a player who's more in line with this time frame who is like so AD's yeah. age thirty season would be leading but how do the they build around him? Yeah, it's a you good know, question. That's, I, I mean LeBron presumably is going to re-sign there. 
after this contract and be making ridiculous amounts of money at, at that point you know that he'll probably do another four-year contract maybe i mean or, maybe or, he, or he, squeeze, he squares it. up with ronnie that's my personal theory is that i think he's gonna try to square it up so that he this have you have i told this theory on the podcast yet i've said it on my own yeah i, I think you mentioned it i mean i i'm i think it's more likely than not that he might just ronnie doesn't make the nba i he, mean he may, maybe might, he does just for pr stuff but well yeah. yeah but that was my theory is that lebron says i will sign wherever he gets drafted and then that leads to Bronny getting overdrafted <laughs> because oh my god we get lebron for a year or two and the, you can yeah. sell jerseys and all that yeah we'll see i mean i i've I don't know how to evaluate 14-year-olds. I mean, I wasn't, like, yeah. wowed by seeing him the one time I saw him in person. Yeah, I read, I think Rafael Juara did a breakdown on him, and it wasn't, it was, it was you know, positive, but not glowing. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think I would go, although that Lakers pick, the fact that just as one individual asset, the fact that it can be deferred and it's unprotected both years, that might trump any individual Houston year because you can hedge your bets. Yeah, you get you get a lot more information and you get and you get the choice. Yeah. And is A D gonna be that good at what, like thirty two at that point? No, he's actually he's younger than that though, huh? Yeah, so for the twenty four draft that would be his age thirty season. For the twenty five draft that'd be his age thirty one season. So yeah, he'll still be quite good quite good probably. Okay, so give me the rest of your top five. Here we we both agree number one is that twenty twenty one Minnesota. After that I really which is uh top three protected and then unprotected in 2022 that's to golden state for the d'angelo russell deal but i really had a ton of difficulty differentiating after that yeah i i originally had houston's 2024 first over the lakers one but i'm gonna switch that because of the choice i think the choice yep, and me too. that it's double unprotected i'm gonna switch those two so then my number two is the lakers 2024 or 25 pick new orleans gets to choose so that's my second best outstanding asset number three then is that Houston 2024. And the reason I'm going 24 over 26 is it's a little bit sooner and because all their main guys aren't going to be under aren't under contract anyway. So it's like, well, that might be when they're re- retooling, reloading, all that type of stuff. Like yeah. maybe that's the trough. Yeah. And so I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm in agreement with you there. And But then the other one that you could make an argument, like, I mean, maybe you make an argument that the Warriors should be there, but my idea is their guys, they have some good guys under contract. I think Clay Thompson will age reasonably well. And I bet, I think their organization is better than the Rockets, especially when we're thinking where will the Rockets be in three years rather than where they are right now. Um, So I put the Warriors pick. So that's 20, that conveys if it's five through 30 in 24. Otherwise, it almost definitely conveys in 2025 unless they have the number one pick. And then my number five, then we're really like, there are a bunch of them that are around that. I just went with the Clippers 2024 first because it's it's sooner than some of the other ones and it is it yeah. still has some of the uncertainty. But that, that, when, that to me, there was a line between the fourth pick and everything else. Yeah, and you could make the argument that when we're dealing with so far out, maybe you're better off just going with an unprotected pick. Right. That that just it doesn't matter. You just there's no way you can anticipate it. I, I don't know if I quite believe that, but there's no way you can anticipate what these teams are gonna look like four years from now. I mean, we've seen how our twenty twenty crystal ball uh went awry <laughs> to if you need some evidence of that. And that was two years ahead, not not to mention four years ahead. So that one is an argument for hey just just pick the unprotected one and so that's why i like that lakers one number two because it's unprotected and you can pick one of the two years uh and also just because like it's awesome we haven't had this in like the era that i've been covering the league the the strategy of that is going to be absolutely fascinating so what do you think of this utah one that is owed to memphis i actually think that one could be interesting because 2021 gobert is a free agent 
can they agree on a new contract there if they don't get there the next couple of years they don't have a great way of replenishing i mean they'll be kind of rebuilding around donovan mitchell but you know i'm not sure that he's yeah you could also see them being a late lottery team that year you know like the that's the pick i think it's most likely to convey in 22 and it's only protected if it's top six so I don't think a team with Donovan Mitchell and their well-run Dennis Lindsay and everything else, like I could, I don't think they're going to be one of the six worst teams. Maybe it jumps up into lottery reform. So yeah, there there is some upside there. I considered that one too, um, be, especially with, yeah, or or at least I I see them as maybe like a low-end playoff team at that time. But even that, you know, I mean, that's you know the 18th pick. 2021's uh, or 2022 could be a good draft. We don't know. It's probably going to be better yeah. than this year. Yeah, so that's just one to keep an eye on because I'm not sure Utah, you think of them as, oh, they're this ascending team, but then you really look at their roster and Mitchell is their only decent guy under 27 right now. That's a major part of what they're doing. Right, and they'll have an inflection point with Conley and some of this other stuff too. So yeah, that's an interesting one. The Milwaukee pick is compelling to me on the idea that if, if if Giannis leaves, but it being 11 through 30 and then basically never being unprotected, I don't like picks that never, that that maintain a level of protection that I think is it could potentially fall into. You know, like that sort of thing, like you might end up with just two seconds and that sucks. All right, a couple of questions here before we wrap up. Uh, are there any 2020 picks that you would rank ahead of outstanding 2021 picks? Full picks, not swaps. Okay, so basically would I rather have the 16th pick because that's the best one that's that's currently owed? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Um, I've only watched a little bit of film on a single person in the 2020 draft. <laughs> but my goodness, I think I'd rather I think I'd rather have almost anything in 21. Yeah, so what you'd be looking at here in 21... Well, okay, obviously the Minnesota one we ranked above. Yeah, so, so yeah. take we, out the we Minnesota exclude the Minnesota one. one. I, I, assumed, I assumed that was going. Yeah. So really, the ones that are going to convey in 21 are probably Houston, Dallas, Miami. So let's say the best, the most... The best of those picks is probably going to be maybe somewhere around 20. Would I rather have the 16th pick in a draft that people think is bad or the 20th pick in a draft that people think might be good? I'd rather have the 20th pick. Well, and another reason I think I might prefer 2021 is 2021 offseason seems like it's going to be a much more movement-heavy offseason than this one is going to be. And so having that ammo then in the form of the pick, which you can trade without having to match salary, you can let the other team make the pick if they want to, also supposed to be a good draft yeah it's tough you know houston dallas miami i mean some of those could be number 30 i I don't care how bad a draft it is i'd rather have 15 in a bad draft than 30 in a good draft yeah that's true i shouldn't have used the best pick i should have used the worst one um yeah so it's yeah 16 versus 16 versus 30 is is a different conversation yeah so i think there's a couple of these ones that i would rather have in 2020 but we don't know the other thing though is you don't know which of the miami dallas or houston is going to actually be the worst one like any of those teams i mean i think probably miami has the least upside of that group for 2021 I but I again they could all all those could be you know 50 win teams um one more question here what is the highest upside pick other than the Minnesota one? Well, so you, you think that one has the highest upside? It is top three protected the first I, year. I actually think it might be the Lakers one. The the, the Pelican. The, 20, the, the because, 24, 25 because you get, deferment. You get, two bites, you get two bites at the apple, and that's so far yeah. out. It's so far. And it's unprotected, right? Yeah. yeah. And and they are not, I still, despite the fact that they've gotten it together, I don't give their organization much credit for that. And I think if they really have to build things, that it could get pretty ugly. And especially, you know, if AD just ends up missing half the season one of those years, 
could be pro- trouble. And we've seen even, and, and then you also look at the idea that let's say they are, you know, the 10th worst record both of those years well one of those two years they might pop up in the lottery and you get to decide after the first year whether you want to take that or not so it's not perfect you could you could help be in a hilarious situation where you defer it and actually get a worse pick a year later oh, it absolutely like that could, could easily happen absolutely which is what which is what's be- so beautiful about this too yeah um one other thing i want to mention just just the ridiculousness of the thunder's war chest so they have. Uh, we may need to record a separate podcast. We we, we probably do. I, I put together a list uh, for. We did a collaborative piece for the, the Thunder on the Athletic, and I just wrote out all of their obligations, like all the picks that are getting from people. But it's they have two or more first round picks beyond their own, all of which but one they have for twenty three, twenty four. 25 and 26 assuming things don't fall within the protection like and so basically this was something i wrote about and we talked about a little bit at the time when they made when they made the double trades was they have this really unusually diversified portfolio so they might end up needing some time to get better you know maybe chris paul whatever they're gonna do with that but they they if the rockets are worse than we expect and maybe it's health maybe it's things fall apart whatever it could be then things look good for them if something bad happens with the clippers so really all they need is one thing and it doesn't have to be them and so that's such a good place to be now figuring out when to trade those picks or what to do with them is really hard you can point to you could talk to danny ainge or um i mean the stuff with the with the pick that the from the rondo trade the sacramento one which became more valuable than less valuable like time on some of this stuff is really complicated but having that many arrows in the quiver is ridiculous yeah it'd be interesting to think about do the thunder right now have the biggest draft pick war chest in nba history i'd say probably not because none of them are blue chip like that 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 was the difference when there was a point when boston like we knew the nets were going to be bad there was no way for them to be good and they had their picks unprotected i mean if you're looking at boston like end of the 2015 season brooklyn stretches darren williams they move avoids the luxury tax they move into a new era they just made that trade with uh for jeff green to get that memphis pick there boston was looking pretty amazing at that they, they had a bunch of other picks just kind of floating around there too that none of them really ended up being i think that that useful for them but I, I, my memory may be failing me on that so it, that, it's and i'm sure there's some team that like made a trade with the Cavs back in the early 80s <laughs> well yeah i mean go too. yeah going back i should reread my stepian my stepian piece and see if there was something in there yeah well I, and the lakers always seemed to somehow I, the lakers were good and they managed to draft magic johnson james worthy and then byron scott they did trade norm nixon for him within uh a four draft period they drafted those those three guys and they were like in the nba finals every year anyway well yeah and then there's all the i, I did some of it from like the the some of the red hour box stuff like the parish McHale, joe barry carroll all that type of stuff it was ridiculous but a lot of those picks were more immediate for the celtics it was they 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 didn't they didn't have it as far out all right, anything to talk about here before we go? If people haven't listened to it, my uh, Real Gym Radio with Sam Vicini came out on Friday. That was really fun. Uh, we, we talked a little bit about the unusual nature of the 2020 draft because of the you know the season being over and the blind decisions that some of these players are going to have to make and agent negotiations. All that was really interesting. Um, 
And we also did his elevator sales pitch, like so basically the like how things could work out for all of the top ten players in his mock draft, which was fun to hear. Like I wanted to go positive, and so I learned like this is what he likes about each of those guys. All right, we will be back tomorrow. We have one of our favorite episodes uh, of the year coming. I think that's uh, that is the plan right now. So check in on that, and also my pod with Hollinger is out as well, where we did a tournament of the worst teams of the decade. John uh, John really seemed to enjoy this one. He he was working for the Grizzlies for a lot of these teams, and so he was he enjoyed the chance to dive back in on some of these squads. All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.